I am recording. I am recording. I am recording. I am recording. Excellent. <laughs> I always wait for to be like yeah, the last that's one because I, like, I never know when oh, to no. go. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is the? It's it's just like the lack of other like visual aspects of like okay who's gonna go right. next and you're just like well i'm just gonna sit here because i don't know <laughs> see i felt like that's exactly what you were doing so i'm like okay i'll just go <laughs> <laughs> well and i was about to go right as you went too so it's like oh no i heard you too <laughs> i'm 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 proud at you too <laughs> we're on the same wavelength it's fine <laughs> See, we could try to, like, make this process better by someone, like, calling out names, but we're just like, nope, just dive in. (laughs) Hope you don't talk over someone. (laughs) That sounds like an extra step, and nobody's got time for that. (laughs) Yeah. I I like the chaos of it. It's, like, a good way to get, to, like, see where, like, to get everyone in sync with each other. Just, like, trying to read each other through the microphone (laughs) when people are going to (laughs) talk. Honestly, there's just that panic of, do I go now? Do I go now? Do I go now? <laughs> it's like the awkwardness the, the... of like classroom stuff when the sub was there and you're like, I have to say here, don't I? But when? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ceremonial stare down at the Discord lobby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fables Around the Table Tiffany Retrospective. We're glad you can join us. Fiona, Annie, Caitlin, and myself, Chelsea, are here to fondly reminisce about the season. As a reminder, Tiffany was a playthrough of Bluebeard's Bride, published by Magpie Games and written by Whitney Beltrain, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson. Uh, are you guys excited to uh, be done with everything and be ready to, to talk about it some more? I'm excited to talk about it, but I'm not excited to be done because I really liked this game. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was gonna say right. I'm not happy it's over. Like I want I wanna do more rooms. Yeah, yeah. I was sad. I'm happy to talk about it. It was sad because yeah. it was done. I also like missed yeah. everybody, so it's kinda nice. I know. <laughs> we just need to, to keep doing this. Yeah. I listened to the whole season again today and I was like, Oh, I miss playing with everyone. <laughs> I started listening to the season, which is, like, a huge, like, feather in our cap because, I mean, I don't listen to myself, so. <laughs> I do like that in my intro, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna finally sit down and talk about everything that happened. Like, we haven't constantly been talking about this game since we stopped playing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We stopped playing, what, like, May or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and our group chat has still been, like, blowing up. That's pretty yeah. good. That's, like, that's a good sign, I think. Like, remember yeah. the painting lady? <laughs> no. Demand, Demand milk, milk and leave. And leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I do, now that we're talking about the tea, I do have to issue a retraction because I misspoke in the um, second to last episode when I said you should put apple juice in your lapsang sushong. What I meant was apple cider in your lapsang sushong. It's the apple cider that tastes real nice. Apple juice probably doesn't taste like bad, but I like apple cider. I guess we're just going to have to hire a fact checker now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Dang it's not even like Fiona. a fact thing. It's just like what I do. I don't know. Someone could have kind of like looked in my fridge and called me like a fucking liar or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Tom didn't catch that. I know. Thomas. He doesn't like this tea, so that's why. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, okay, are you guys ready for this first hard-hitting question? Yeah! Uh, so, what was it like playing multiple sides of the same character? Um, I know when I was picking the game out to, to run for Fables, that was something that was, like, very deeply interesting to me, but I obviously didn't get to, to be a player in this game. How, how was that, uh, that process for you guys? It was good. Um, I think that with the wrong group, that can, like, not work. But I think that we're all, like, sort of, like, subtle and introspective enough role players that, like, it did feel like we have, like, ownership, but not that we were, like, you know, feeling like we're constantly, like, fighting each other to, like, take control. Like, we we were on the same page with stuff. Right. So that was fun. Yeah. That was, that was good. I think it all, it gave us all, like, a, a moment to kind of be in the driver's seat and, like, take control of the story and the highlight of the story, but also... I mean, for me, it was a little bit easier because, like, sometimes I could be like, okay, but what does the Animus or the Virgin think that we should do? Or I could even say, like, oh, I think, like, the witch would be saying this. And, like, it just added to, like, being able to be, like, a cooperative game. Yeah, I I agree with both of you that I feel like this might not have gone as well with a group of people that were not. Um, so sensitive to each other and then like the goals of the character but because we were that this was a really rewarding experience for like the community of it like the interconnectedness interconnectedness of each of us playing a different aspect but with the same like goals in mind even when we were conflicted yeah that's something uh that i noticed kind of that it seems like we all got very close because of this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, even, yeah. even I was the groundskeeper. I wasn't even part of Tiffany. But, like, there's an inherent, like, everybody was really uh, wanted to care for each other during the game and make sure everybody was fine. And even if somebody was taking control and making a decision, it was, like, for for the team and not necessarily because, you know, one of us is like, well, I'm in, I've got the pants, so we're, we're doing this. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I was really... going to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, I was going to say that I think the the difference in that too was whenever one of us would take control, it wasn't with the knowledge that we were by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there was always mm-hmm. the input from the other, um, the other aspects of Tiffany, and we knew that we were able to explore like these really intimate, like difficult things with each other there to support us instead of it being any like any sort of antagonistic relationship at all and i felt like there wasn't as much pressure to be so separate like sometimes playing a character like i can hear somebody's opinion and think okay but my character wouldn't do that whereas this like we're all the same character so like obviously the character would do that and if i like fiona or caitlin's suggestion better than my initial idea i can feel justified in doing it not just because i'm using their idea yeah. I, I had kind of a question. So Annie and Caitlin, you guys have like not met. I don't think you guys really talked before this game. Like you hadn't like even talked to each other really. And you've never played a game together before. Whereas I've kind of <laughs> like played with both of you separately in different games. Um, what was it like, like playing together, playing the same character with this <laughs> kind of like new person? Oh, we're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> We are. We're just going to sit here and wait until the other one talks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can go first this time. Um, go ahead. I found it a really like nice experience. So I knew of you 
from the other Fable season, and I had like heard your name around. I think maybe we would had played Among Us at some point together. Yeah, I was gonna say we played Among Us, but oh, that's not really okay. team building there. <laughs> no, where I remember like very distinctly being like, I am very bad at like improv bluffing. And Annie's over here, like, kicking everybody's butt. And <laughs> just like, it's fine. I don't know what's happening. But I I don't know. I feel like you're on, like, a fast track to friendship with a good group of people like this. And being on the same page with you, Annie, and this was, <laughs> like, really nice to, like, get to know you. And then, like, I guess, like, form a faster, deeper relationship because we were talking about more difficult subjects within um the playing of this game yeah I mean I would I would say like it it was really nice like I mean obviously I've known Fiona for years and I played curse with Chelsea but um I was nervous I'm always nervous with new people because I never know how I'm gonna kind of fit into the group but I mean I usually can trust like Fiona especially because like I said I mean she was a bridesmaid for me so if she says, like, you're cool, you're cool. But then, <laughs> for me, I mean, we started talking about books. So, I mean, <laughs> there's a point for you. <laughs> we played Among Us together, and you're pretty cool there. So there's a point. But, like, yeah, I mean, just being able to see how easily, like, we can talk about even other stuff besides just the game. Like, I'd say, like, I mean, it was pretty fast-track friendship. Like, I, I mean, I want to meet you. I haven't met yeah. Chelsea either. <laughs> me either. Like, That's the thing I would like to point out is that I have actually never met any of you in person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, these, you are all pandemic friendships for me. And yeah. I'm so grateful that we're friends now because you've definitely helped me through this whole past over a year now situation. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. getting to play this game with you guys is super cool, but it's still like kind of funky because i've never met you in real life (laughs) yeah it's so weird too because like i don't know it's nice finding like such like-minded people and like i feel like a play style also really tells you a lot about somebody and i feel like i feel like caitlin and i are a lot alike yeah i i think (laughs) that's right (laughs) you and caitlin are both like very sensitive to what other players are doing um, and that's why, well, Annie couldn't be in, in Lost because of scheduling things, but that's why I asked both mm-hmm. Annie and Caitlin um, with Lost because I was not quite as introspective as like Bluebeards, but that was a super introspective game. And I know that you also are both very like genre aware and that sort of genre. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's accurate that you guys pl- have a similar like play style. Uh, so something that was brought up was that, uh, you know, we, we got into some kind of difficult uh, material with, with Tiffany. Do you feel like um, having to, to be the same character and, you know, be kind of reflect on the same kind of like stuff as the same person? Do you feel that you felt safer in a situation like that to like explore these kinds of things? Or do you think that was just like, we just ended up being very comfortable with each other? <laughs> I feel like there was some comfort with it, definitely. Um, it, it helped seeing not just one reaction of it. Yeah. I I don't ever feel like... I, I've never been really in a situation where I felt like I would need to use safety tools during role-playing game. Like, thank goodness. Um, right. But... Yeah. It was definitely, like, more, like, I was, like, less self-conscious to, like, engage with it, 
because we were all going through it where I was like in another game, your character gets like pulled off to the side for this kind of like um, intimate moment. And that can kind of sort of be like very like self-conscious. You're like hyper aware of the stuff going on, but having everyone else sort of simultaneously go through it together, I think was like a really cool experience. It was definitely like more comfortable. So that's like a cool aspect of the game. I'll add to that and say that I think even just having an all-female cast explore those themes to really help too yeah yeah that's that's sort of where i wanted to go next um so when i when i picked bluebeard um i did want this to be an an all-female cast um not because like and and the game pretty explicitly says you know men or other other non-female genders uh should and can play this like this is not a a you know girls only kind of game or anything like that um but i thought well you know i i was gming so maybe maybe it's not my place to say but do you guys feel like it was a very different experience having it just be a a female game i think so (laughs) yeah yeah i I definitely think so that uh, that comes up sort of rarely for me at times in role-playing games um even though i know a lot of women who like you know, do role-playing games and stuff like that. I feel like I'm I, I, I'm pretty rarely in a game where it's, like, all women and done by, like, you know, a female GM also. So that was, like, a fun experience. It, it made it easier for me to feel heard as well. Um, I think having all females, like I said, really changed it for me. Sometimes when I'm in a more mixed group, I feel um, kind of in the background, like, overlooked or, like... I'm not heard and like lost in the mix of it. And I think a lot of that goes back to like, I mean, I've been told by teachers that they can't hear the tone of my voice. And I mean, I don't think anybody means to do it. It's just, I have a softer, lighter tone and they don't hear me when I go to speak. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I'll second that experience as well. Um, And speaking out in general for me has been a very new experience um, that I've only really gotten comfortable with in the last few years. And I think being in this space with all of you, um, I guess allowed like more of a sense of safety to express um, like the intimate details of the horrors that we were exploring together in a way that I think being in a mixed group wouldn't have quite allowed. Um, and this is by no means to say that a mixed group would not be capable of having these conversations, but it's certainly more comfortable to be able to have, I guess, like a more non-judgmental space, uh, free of any skepticism or the, like, I guess a more, uh, heavy-handed way of interacting with these issues that are very serious. Or even just having to completely explain it. Like, sometimes I'll be talking about something and, like, my guy friends like they don't get it they they don't understand like what i'm talking about versus like my girlfriends they instantly know what i'm saying yeah that was yeah. um something i was thinking about when when i decided that i did want to do all uh women for this um because i feel like we were able to get a lot of like nuance in the monsters and the way that you guys responded to the the scary things uh, where, like, you know, I didn't have to sit down and be like, well, clearly the mannequin monster can mean this, and this is why this is sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you guys all immediately picked up whether or not it was exactly what I was trying to send out, but it, like, deeply hit something for you guys that we didn't have to sit down and be like, and this is why girls, or anything like that. 
And I think that with us, there was also sort of like a genre awareness of like why we wouldn't just be like, fuck this guy. Like, this right. dude sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which he did. Um, really? Yeah. But I think that that also, like, when you engage with particularly like romantic stories about, um, about women like if you look at sort of like the famous stories they engage with themes like that and it is really easy to be like oh that guy he's just like an abuser or something like the the clear answer is to like leave um but i feel like we engaged a lot with like why you know like why someone would stay or like what is going on like internally and that's sort of like the interesting part of this game and this story. Mm-hmm. Um, another question that is semi-related to this discussion. Um, so obviously we are all, you know, we're all friends, but we're all very different people, which is sort of why I wanted us to all come together. Um, we were all taught femininity in different ways. Um, how did your ingrained ideas of femininity uh, pr- play into how that you guys uh, portrayed your sister? Um, I, I feel like for me, it was like, sort of, it was just such like a sort of like straightforward, uncut, like delicate feminine, um, that I like, I don't know, I just sort of like fell into it. Um, I guess that like in my own personal experience, like growing up, I think I definitely like, um, swung wildly back and forth between between being like more of a tomboy and being like you know extremely feminine um and it was very hard for me to like reconcile those parts of myself um until I got to like college really honestly um so it was it was interesting like just being able to like totally engage with that side and the feelings that come from there and um I I feel like for me and I think this came out a little bit during the game there's also like a lot of like anger wrapped up in that maybe it's just because I'm kind of an angry person (laughs) but um with that like delicate feminine side there was like anger at Eloise there was anger at um the animus in particular and even when we were like uh making our backstory I thought that the thing with like dyeing Eloise's hair was like the most cruel thing that we came up with that uh (laughs) that Tiffany had done um so I guess that that's what influenced my like understanding of um of the sister and particularly the virgin um cuz I didn't want her to be just like you know flowers and sunshine it's all good I wanted that sort of like um edge to her without compromising like that um that innocence and that uh that feminine aspect For me like growing up I was always very much like tomboy um I worked around horses a lot, so, like, I was always, like, dirty and, like, playing with the guys outside, but, like, I wasn't girly and I wasn't, like, ever the one who, like, fell in love or was romantic or considered feminine, and so I got all my ideas from that from books, and, like, I love the, like, contemporary romance genre, so, like, that's, like, in my head what being feminine is, is being very soft and, like, girly and, like, all that, and my instinct was to want to play the virgin. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and, like, I definitely would have been, like, the swoony virgin and, you know, what Fiona was trying not to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, I was like, no, like, you know, you, I, in my head, like, I gravitate towards two different kind of characters, like the sarcastic person or more of a swoony person, and so I wanted to do something that was a little bit more, um... A different type of femininity where it's like more 
kitchen and uh, care for yourself, but, like, delicate still plants. I don't know. Like, I just, I wanted to do something that was a little bit different, and, like, so that's why I chose the witch, because I also thought she had, like, really good abilities. Yeah. I'm glad we had a witch. (laughs) Me too. Um, I think my playing the animus was pretty influenced by, um, I guess, my own struggles with femininity as I grew up. Um, I was the kind of little kid that um, had a favorite dress, but it's because the skirt was really easy to tuck into pants and I really liked the top. (laughs) And it was really easy with the pockets in the skirt that I could put more rocks in them. And then going forward from there, like not really liking pink and not really like having a more feminine figure because I also (laughs) worked with horses and got like very strong from doing that and then joined swim team and ended up more muscular than any of the other kids my age a lot earlier than even like the boys did and had like very distinct experiences in high school where I was Um, told to my face by even teachers that like a swimmer's body was particularly like unfeminine and I was also a late bloomer to even being interested in exploring aspects of traditional femininity and so I don't know I felt like I ended up with a, a nuanced look at how femininity could go so when I also saw the description for the animus I dealt with all of the conflict with the with my experiences with femininity by keeping relatively quiet. Um, people didn't hear me when I spoke in class. I didn't really raise my hand unless a teacher called on me. Um, I didn't, I guess, address issues unless they were right up close and personal. And something about playing the animus who is more forward with their, their violence, more, I guess, outwardly protective was something that I really wanted to explore because that's something I've always felt but never really had an avenue to channel it into until recently. And that's something that I also wanted to bring to this table was the anger that I often felt at um, issues that other women would have or like the challenges that we would face and wanting to protect both myself and other women from those issues. Yeah. (laughs) You can tell a lot about us by how we play Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess since since I've been grilling you guys with hard questions, I can talk a little bit about how I put some of my uh, experience about being a woman and, and that kind of stuff into uh, the horrors and uh, kind of how the plot worked for Tiffany. Um, I grew up in a household where uh, I was not supposed to be a woman. Uh my I my parents were like, yep, they told you told us you were going to be a boy and then you were a girl and we were disappointed. And it was like, OK, cool. Uh, so I grew up being like femininity is bad, even though you're you're a woman, you shouldn't do that. You should, you know, try and fit in with the boys. And we're only telling this for you for your own good and stuff like that. Um, so I always had a very uh, interesting relationship with uh, embracing uh, feminine stuff. And a lot of that for me resulted in, um, body issues, uh, because I, I have a very feminine body. Um, and when you know it, a lot of those body issue things showed up in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, mostly because I think that is a very, um, easy, like, uh, visual representation about a lot of the, the issues that, that women deal with. 
Um, but it's also something that, like, is very, like, integral to how I experience femininity is, you know, embracing that, you know. I have, you know, curves in certain places and that I don't look like uh, a traditional version of, like, what a beautiful woman looks like or something like that. Um, so that's something I really wanted to explore with the, the horrors in the house. And I like to think that was pretty effective for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally get that. Like, I, I understand because, like, you guys are kind of told that being feminine is, like, soft and small and dainty and, you know, pretty. And, I mean, I'm a plus-size girl. I, I don't fit that box. Right. So it's hard. Yeah. I, I'm also in that. I... We, I mean, we were having this conversation before we started recording, yeah. but uh, I am, uh, like, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and I love wearing high heels. Wearing heels, like, is one of the, the things that makes me feel, like, the most girly, which sounds, like, really stupid, but... <laughs> no. Um, and growing up, my parents were always like, you can't wear that, you'll be too tall. And it's like, what do you mean I'll be too tall? <laughs> <laughs> because my, my height is the only thing that is a problem here, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, I guess speaking of, like, the body horror and, you know, horror in general, which um, of the horrors that you guys experienced through through Tiffany affected you the most? The kitchen lady. 100%. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was, like, <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing, but I think that it, it just, like, played, like, so much into, like, my personal anxieties with like going somewhere and not knowing like what the rules are and being like yelled at <laughs> so oh. I was like oh my god I was like listening to that again today and I was I was reminded of um a time in college I re- I like I remember this so clearly I think I was like a sophomore in college or something and I had to call um the mailroom at our university because someone from our student organization had accidentally addressed a package that we were receiving just to like the school and didn't direct it into our mailbox. And um, so I called this, I called the mailroom and this like mail person just like screamed at me for like 20 minutes over the phone about how they've had this package for like three days and they were going to send it back and like all this stuff. And I, I don't know why I didn't just hang up the phone. It was probably because I was very young, but oh my God, that was like traumatizing. And it's stuff like that now that I'm just like, I could never imagine like speaking to someone like that. So it's always, like, such a strange... And now I would just, like, yell at him right back. I'd go down and, you know, fight him. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's always, like, such a bizarre thing to me. It's just, like, why are you, like, taking out whatever random other stuff is going on on this, like, a person who's just, like, trying to go about their day? Um, but, yeah, it was definitely the kitchen lady that just, like, reminded me of that instance. I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm sure it was because, you know, I called and I have, like, a clearly feminine voice and stuff like that. So, they're like, ah, I can yell at this person. <laughs> it's a real problem. I've noticed people are a lot ruder uh, to women on the phone than they would be to uh, to people with more, you know, masculine, like, lower voices. If you put on a fake accent, it helps. I was going to say, my other like fortunate unfortunate thing is that half the time that I'm on the phone and probably in your ears right now I sound a lot younger than I am Mm. so people are a lot nicer to me (laughs) because they think they're talking to a baby (laughs) 
makes you cry. I had one person that kept calling, and I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. My mom's not here. And like, I just fake <laughs> cried, and he felt so bad. Aww. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But working in fast food, there were days that, like, I would put on, like, a fake British accent or a fake Southern accent, and it was, like, a complete 180 in attitudes. Oh, that's so Yeah, weird. there's so much nicer to you when you have an accent. I don't know why. Huh. I have um, read, because my background is in linguistics. Interestingly, I've done, like, research into, like, uh, mixed gender, gender like, uh, tabletop RPG dynamics. But uh, that's actually an interesting thing about, uh, about accents, is that people will be nicer to you, especially if they think you're speaking a foreign language, if you have an accent than if you have, like, a perfect accent but, like, aren't, you know, speaking the language, like, 100% fluently. So, fun fact. Yeah. The horror that affected me the most was actually, I think you call her the mannequin, the girl who was falling apart. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of talking about this before recording, but, like, you said it was about, like, empty promises. But for me, um, and this goes back to, like, my own personal, like, insecurities and stuff, I can be, I'm a very much a people pleaser and I can be very codependent, especially, like, when my depression hits a low. Uh, so, like, as long as, like, the people around me are happy, like, I'm better. And so mm-hmm. I really related to her, like, falling apart with the things that she wasn't able to bring to her relationship and give to Bluebeard. Um, and her just spiraling out of control and falling apart because if she does those things, everything will be fine. Everything will be better. And, I mean, that's that's my own personal, like, insecurities coming out 100% in that. And, like, I mean, I remember after we got through that horror and I think at that point, like, Gizmo was like, I want to go outside. Like, Gizmo, like, made us break. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I need a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I think the mannequin lady also hit, like, hit pretty hard for me. But the, the one that I remember a lot because I keep bringing her up is the very first one that we met the the painting lady uh-huh. and I've been trying to think about why that is but I think since it's been kind of elusive I do think that it's it's largely because of how like visceral the horror would have been upon seeing that in real life yeah um, just like kind of seeing somebody in a painting that looks like kind of like you but not not quite crawling out of a painting melting everywhere dripping paint all over the floor are we hallucinating are we like what's happening to her is she okay she's obviously not okay and she's coming at us what are what's happening now like (laughs) the like immediacy of the situation I think is is part of why that was also something for me because I do need a minute to typically deal with issues or to think about what I'm saying and like being forced to confront something in this way was also like a little startling but in like a great way because I love the painting lady (laughs) but um I guess I also kind of have a feeling about like I guess the disembodiment of the painting lady like the melting away the the like becoming something different than what you were sort of change and I'm not sure exactly how to put a finger on that but Change is always difficult difficult for me, mm-hmm. even though I like it a lot. And I don't know I don't know where I was going with this train of thought is really where I got. <laughs> but ultimately, 
just like the horror of the immediacy of the situation was something that I really felt connected to. And then also (laughs) to tie it back into what Fiona was saying, where we were like, oh, no, we're going to get in trouble because (laughs) I was also very much like that. We're like, I was convinced growing up that my parents knew what I was doing at all times, even when they weren't there. They were going to know. They were going to find out. (laughs) And the painting lady was definitely like, oh, no, I'm right here with you. I mean, like, I kind of want to hit this lady with something because she's coming at us and I don't know how to deal with this right now. But now we've got paint on the floor and there's rain on our dress. Like, how are we supposed to deal with this? We're going to get in trouble. Someone's going to know. Look at that. There's evidence right there. The, I liked all of them. Yeah. The, the moments after being like, and there was, you guys kept bringing in these moments of levity after like really tense situations, which was like perfect. I couldn't have asked for like better reactions in the world. Uh, but it was so funny every time somebody was like, oh, no, that's the nicest thing we own. Why'd you do that? Or, <laughs> oh, no, we're going to get in trouble now. Like, those moments were so funny. I laughed so hard when I was re-editing. <laughs> we're like, there are obviously bigger issues at hand here. Like, the fact that there's a horror that we may or may not actually be seeing right now. Is it an internal or external manifestation? We don't know because we're upset that we're going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that just speaks to, like, the innocence of Tiffany, too, that she just, like, has no sense of priority, and she's yeah. just like, yeah. I know that this thing is expensive, and we can, like, deal with the rest later. <laughs> I was to say, there's also something very funny about us being like, um, yeah, everything sucks, but this is physical, so let's, uh, we can see that. Let's, yeah. let's handle that first. It's like she had such comfort with, like, her magic and her, like ability to like fight herself like she was so like willing to go like fully against herself that she just was like anything like external just like if we just like don't touch it and keep it nice this will be fine <laughs> i mean keep the mask on that that in itself is like a, a weird like a woman tm thing i think that yeah. you know wasn't planned but came out really interestingly mm-hmm. uh you know because we we as as women have to be about appearances because what will the men think? <laughs> we can't let the men know. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I don't know necessarily that that's a woman thing. I think that's a people thing. Like as long as it's I true. look okay, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What are you guys thinking about? I'm mm-hmm. I I don't really have a question. I have like an observation that I was like thinking about oh. as as I was listening again today. Tell us. It was really that. I liked that um, because we did know beforehand that we did want to like open the final door. Um, So we were like working towards that. And I like the direction that we took with like not like Tiffany was oblivious to like what Bluebeard was doing and she was just like acting not smart for like reasons but like she took like the wrong lesson from stuff like especially with the seeing the like, recognizing how similar she was to, like, other people, she, like, turned that in on herself. So, like, oh, like, Bluebeard's not even here. I'm here, though. So, like, that's what's, like, causing all of this. It's my own, like, insecurities and things like that. And I think that was, like, an interesting path to take and an interesting uh, theme to explore. Yeah, we definitely explained it all away, which I feel like on some level, uh, unhealthy level, I do that to myself, I'll explain it away, like, as something that I'm causing, and sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, so (laughs) 
Yeah, I'll agree with that as well, because I, I think my first thought about things might be, you know, like very animus like where I'm like very mad about something. But the next thing that I usually try to do is to figure out if like what my feelings are about a situation and if it was possibly just me. And if it was or if it wasn't, then how do we proceed from there? And trying to be like very empathetic. And I think that was something that I think was Tiffany's strength, but also one of her biggest pieces of her downfall was that we empathize so hard with what we saw, what we interpreted out of the other horrors in the house, the previous brides, that we then became one ourselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't always intentional, at least not for me, to, like, explain it in a way to not deal with Bluebeard. I mean, I know that was our goal, but it was, for me, it wasn't always completely intentional. It was like, that was my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know we talked about, too, because we were like, oh, no, what if we shatter before we get there? <laughs> and then none of us did. That no. I yeah, think it did. was, it really did kind of feel like that was partially because we were all acting as the same character instead of acting as individuals. Yeah. And what, like, that was us coming at it from the beginning, kind of feeling like, okay, well, this is where we'd like to go in the exploration of this storyline. But we became something different along with Tiffany at the same time along the way, which was super cool. It felt very natural. Yeah. Yes. Like, I feel like none of us were forced into a choice because of the way that we wanted the story to outcome. Like, it, it all felt very natural to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, just, you know, I was I was the groundskeeper, so I was the one kind of pushing you guys in directions. Um, I really didn't feel like I had to, like, direct you guys too hard. Because um, mostly what I was doing uh, was asking you guys, okay, well, how do you feel about this? How does that make you feel? Does this remind you of anything? Uh, and then, like taking the 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 monster piece and then moving it like a square closer and then asking the same questions again (laughs) (laughs) um and you guys just had like really interesting nuanced thoughts about the the situations uh and i i was honestly expecting that from you guys but every every time i i would go back and listen to the recording it would just be like i was always impressed not that I didn't think you guys would give, like, very, like, good nuanced responses or anything, because that, that wasn't it at all. But there was just always something, like, inherently, um, like, honest and sincere about the entire playthrough, even though, you know, we were playing characters. Oh, good. Thanks. Do we, like, surprise you, like, um, I guess, like, get things from, like, certain horrors or moments that you weren't even anticipating or expecting us to get oh yeah um and i kind of made like them vague enough where i wanted you guys to be able to discern what you wanted from them um but like like the mannequin you you pulled something like very different than what i was intending um and Mm -hmm. i think fiona did the same thing with the the kitchen monster uh, I, the the paint monster, I feel like, was pretty obvious what I was pointing at. <laughs> uh, I, I've never been told that I'm good at subtlety, but... <laughs> uh, but yeah, but uh, in a game like this, it's more about how you guys feel about it anyway, right? So it's not right. that there needs to be a mm-hmm. right answer. And I think whether or not you guys always pulled out what I was trying to convey to you, you guys pulled something out equally as either thoughtful or um touching or uh important that maybe i i didn't think about because we all have different experiences um 
well, let's let's wrap this up with I think kind of a softball question since we've we've done so many hard questions this this retrospective. Um, what kind of game would or what kind of person would you recommend this game to? Because uh, I know when I brought this to Fiona and I was like, "Hey, I think I found something really cool for Fables," but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "What kind of person is gonna w- either a want to play this, b not be or be willing to like engage with you know some difficult uh, themes and, and stuff like that?" And see, be able to like do that in an entertaining and thoughtful and you know appropriate way. Uh, so th- this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. I don't know if I have like a very good answer to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that like, I mean, I there's me who just like was like Chelsea, you have to let me in this. Not really, but yes. <laughs> um, but I think that a player for this game. Um, for an actual play, you know, specifically, because I, I do feel like you have to be, like, um, a little bit more picky with people who are, like, really genre aware um, when you're, like, recording it for an audience. Um, right. So, yeah, it would have to be someone who's, like, willing to engage with, like, the horror and feminine parts of the story, because if I feel like if you don't have that, you don't have, like, too much of a story and also someone who um, who's unafraid to, like, engage with, like, drama and suspense. Because I know a lot of people are just, like, uncomfortable with it or they'll go off and, like, do something wacky. And that, I think, if everyone's on board for it, I think is, like, you know, totally cool and fine. Uh, but if you have, like, a table that's not fully on board with this, that's not always the best thing. Um, and I think also someone who is more interested... Um, generally, at least with, like, you know, Powered by the Apocalypse games in- is engaging with um, with the mechanic that what you're dealing with is, like, emotional hurt rather than, like, physical hurt. So right. I think that, like, a player who's, like, really interested in, in all of the above would, I think, be, like, really enjoy this game. Um, I think at least to play with me. <laughs> I can't do a blanket statement but like to play with me like in this kind of game I feel like it has to be somebody who is very introspective and um kind of honest with how they would react or how their face would react um but also really sensitive to how everybody else would react because I think Tiffany really only functions well if you're able to actually work together Mm -hmm. And come up with uh, what Tiffany would actually do, or the bride would actually do, versus what each face would do. Like obviously, like obviously, like the face is making the final decision, but you have to be sensitive to how that would also like kind of impact the others. For me, um, I think somebody who is um, also prepared, like. They need to know what they're getting into with this kind of game. Right. <laughs> um, I definitely wouldn't just shove it at anybody. And I think I think it um also a bit more experienced a little bit. Like uh not like you have to have a ton of like play experience, um, but just Yeah. I think like knowing your own limits with role playing is really like helpful in this game. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is definitely not a game for a first timer. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I would. I would force this on somebody who has their first game, if only if I truly wanted to traumatize them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, I I agree with what we've said here so far, and um, I'm definitely there with this. Would not be a game with that I would like suggest to newer players or those who aren't as comfortable with role playing. Um, and I think the other aspect that I would think is important for players of this game is that you really can't be like your own, like there can't be like a hero in one of the sisters at this point, unless that's how you're choosing to play it and how the dynamic works with the other faces and the other players that you have. Um, this really only seems to from our playthrough it really only seems to work as long as you are as Annie said being sensitive to not only the other faces but the other players that are involved and I think if you're in to into playing games where you personally like your character to be the focus point of attention or like just the main character by themselves then this probably isn't the game for you uh, this definitely feels more like a game that you want to play when you're willing and ready and in a good headspace um, to explore the darker things that... In life. Yes. <laughs> um, still room for levity, though. Mm-hmm. We had, yeah. definitely still had plenty of that because I don't remember playing this game either as like being an entirely dark and scary thing because yeah we all managed to make jokes throughout the whole thing or we right. laughed when we, we, were we had a good and... amount of levity I think to like yeah. keep it from yeah. getting like too far into a certain space or like pulled out a little bit I think it was a good amount yeah I mean I think also um I would only recommend this to somebody who has a group that they can trust yeah. yes to play it and like somebody that they can trust to run it yeah because i mean you're really trusting people not to go the wrong way or too far in this game yeah and i think that's something that we did (laughs) if only because (laughs) like i was about to say i'm like i wouldn't necessarily play this with strangers and then i was like wait (laughs) (laughs) because because i think the the what you're saying, Annie, is like really important. Like you need to trust the people that are in this game with you because there is an incredible potential for hurt if this isn't done properly right. and right. done safely. Yeah. And part of going into this game was knowing I trusted the people that I knew that the people I didn't know as well would be fine mm-hmm. yeah. and that we could yeah. play a game like this without there being any sort of harm coming out of all of it. Even right, though we were definitely right. going to be harmed. Right. <laughs> and Chelsea did, like, such a good job with, like, not, like, oh, these horrible things are happening to your character and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, she did a really good job with presenting what was going on and, like, allowing us to act and allowing, like, all of us to act. So I, I mm-hmm. even when I didn't have the ring, felt, like, very much in the driver's seat of what was going on. Like, it never felt like, oh, you have to, like, watch as this, like, 
horrible character that you've the horrible thing befalls your character that you've put parts of yourself into and like you know fuck you you can't do anything about it (laughs) because that would be really bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that took us a moment to like realize too because i remember when we kind of went through like a practice one just to kind of see we were very hesitant to speak up until it's like well do you want to know what i would do and i think we got really good at that as we played yeah Yeah. and i think like the amount of agency that we had as a character and then also like as players was really important so then like having somebody i guess one final point to add to the people you would play this game with um on who is going to be your groundskeeper you want someone like chelsea who's gonna (laughs) allow your character allow your players to have that room to address the issues that we are we're we're facing down because otherwise i'm not sure what the point would be except to traumatize yourself further right but also somebody like chelsea who's going to sit down and be like look i'm not gonna go here is it okay if we go here is it okay if we touch on this (laughs) is there anything you're not comfortable with like we had those discussions before we even started and that was really important well, gosh, guys, you're making me blush. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's something I thought that was really important because, you know, as I was reading the book, you know, there were things that were upsetting to me. And it was like, I really love like really dark, heavy kinds of things. And I know that I usually like it more intense than everybody else. So that was something I wanted to very make sure that I was on the same page as you guys or else I was going to get out of hand. So that was, like, a thing I wanted to do for myself to not, you know, make anybody else uncomfortable. Um, but there's there's a, a passage in the book that really influenced how I, I went about, you know, getting you guys uh, ready for the game. And it says that, you know, the game is not about Bluebeard. The game is about the bride. And that kind of was like, oh... Well, well, clearly. So, like, you know, me as a groundskeeper, it's not about what I want or what I'm doing or, you know, where I think we should go. It's about you guys and your experience and your opinions and your feelings. So I wanted to focus more on that kind of stuff uh, than, you know, making big scary monsters or having, like, weird <laughs> plot moments or, or anything like that. It was the thing I wanted the most was for you guys to tell me how you were feeling about X and you guys were always on, on, on point with all of that. Yeah, and something I'm thinking about just now based on that is, um, so when, you know, previously if we've read Bluebeard's Bride um, or any stories about Bluebeard, those stories tend to um, focus on him and less so typically on the bride or they focus on like, well, she made the wrong choice and now she's dead. She didn't follow the rules, and there she goes. And I think it's important, especially in this day and age, to not glorify the person who is imposing violence on other people, and instead that we look at the narratives of the lives of the people who are instead affected by that violence. So then, by doing this, we can then, in our own small way, kind of contribute to a change in the discussion on how we um, deal with, talk about, and then share uh, stories that have violence and horror mm-hmm. yeah i think that is yeah. an excellent point yeah and tiffany really did go through a whole like emotional journey on this like you mm-hmm. know it was like the 
correct answer, you know, air quotes around it, was, like, not trusting her husband. But ultimately, like, she did grow as a character and she did, like, learn about herself and, like, she did, like, defeat the horrors. <laughs> so. Right. I, I like how we approach this so much. We all did such a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will continue to gush about this until I'm probably, you know, knee-deep in the next table I'm running. So. <laughs> Um, so thank you guys for listening. I hope this was informative and enjoyable for everybody else. I know we got a little heavy there, but, you know, Bluebeard was such a, like, introspective, personal kind of story, not only for me, but I think for all of us, in a way. Um, if you love Tiffany, uh, listen to the other fables. Um, they're all super good. <laughs> mm-hmm. If if you like something a little more dark, I would suggest uh, Curse. That's probably the most similar in tone yeah, to this. Yeah, that, that's the closest to this one. It's our very first season, Curse. Um, I run it. Chelsea's in it. Annie's in it. Um, Caitlin is woefully not in it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll edit when I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me listening really loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you do want something with Caitlin in it, and you want something with more of a lighter tone, but still something a little spooky, uh, definitely listen to Lost. Lost is also very excellent. Also run by Fiona. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chelsea and and uh, Chelsea and Annie are in it as uh, NPCs. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, a quick side note before we we go: Did we want to share that? Did we talk about that the titles of each episode were our favorite colors of blue? Oh. Oh my god. Yeah. That yeah. Was- that was that was a detail I kind of came up with um, because it was like, well, how am I going to name these? Because like, y- you know, there's not really like naming the monsters would spoil it or it's not like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with Tainted Love, I named it after different um, songs, like goth songs. Um, but I figured since there were three episodes and there were three players, I would name it after the favorite colors of everybody. And the the color, the favorite color of the episode is the person that starts with the ring. And that just ended up working out really really perfectly so that's that's a cool little uh uh, neato neato detail (laughs) also i really hope that people picked up on how like literally everything that we could make (laughs) blue in any way yeah like tiffany seal marley (laughs) i know i still do not know if we're saying marley right it's like it's like a finish name right I, or f- I don't even I know anymore. I know French. I found it. Yeah, it's like a Scandinavian I think name. It sounds I think. French, and I, th- yeah. I think we just yeah. pronounced it in like the French way. And then I think we looked up how it was said, and it was like Marles or something. And we're like, we're gonna call it Marley. That sounds like yeah. Really French. <laughs> we were all like, no, <laughs> we were consistent, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to check out more about Project Derailed, uh, we have a website, projectderailed.com. Uh, and you can find links to our Discord, which we are all pretty active on if you want to have uh, tabletop game-related discussions and other media discussions. Or are just looking for a place to hang out when you're lonely. We're some, one of us is always on. Um, and Project Derailed also has a Patreon. If you like our content and would like to support us, check out our Patreon. If you pledge, you can get special access to uh, special channels in our Discord, and also access to a special bonus uh, podcast where you can hear Fiona, myself, and Tom and Nick talk about what we've been doing in the past month. Sometimes it's related to content creation, sometimes it's about soda and other things. Who knows what you'll get? It's a mystery. Um, 
And one last thing before we go, uh, Fiona has an announcement about our next Fable season. I do. It's my turn to announce the Fable season again. Um, The (laughs) next season of Fables Around the Table, um, which you'll hear a trailer at at the end of this episode, is uh, Fables Around the Table Super. We are playing Masks, A New Generation, which is also a Magpie Games uh, tabletop RPG by Brendan Conway. Um, And I will be returning to GM. I'm so excited. Uh, my players this season are Nick, Cliff, Kitty, Dan, and Chelsea. Um, they've all been on various Fable seasons before. Um, Masks is a superhero game specifically about teenage superheroes in Halcyon City, which is the greatest city in the world and absolutely like filled to the brim with superheroes. So I'm so excited to play that. We have a ton of Powered by the Apocalypse, apocalypse uh, games in a <laughs> yeah. row now, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, it's, I'm so excited for it. Uh, like I said, you'll be able to hear a trailer at the end of this episode. Um, but episode zero is going up July 21st. Um, so be sure to uh, keep an eye out for that when it goes up. Um, so if you like, you know, superhero media like Teen Titans, Young Justice, Invincible, uh, stuff like that, like Saturday morning cartoon superheroes, definitely check out Super. It's going to be super fun. Real break in genre yeah. from Tiffany, but it'll still be equally <laughs> yeah, fun. It's, it's going to be nice. And, you know, we're a couple episodes in. It's nice not be playing, like, a mega horror game again. I, I forgot games were supposed to be yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, it's really funny <laughs> so far. Um, this is, like, definitely, this is, this is a break from what I've done, you know, as a GM. Um, and I'm so excited for everyone to listen to it because I think it's come out, like, so good so far. And everyone is, like, perfect for it. Um, so I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, do we want to plug personal stuff real sure. quick? Sure. Um, then let me introduce the players one more time. Uh, first we have Fiona L.F. Kelly. Okay. <laughs> I... <laughs> I am uh, Fiona L.F. Kelly, like Chelsea said. I am a writer and podcaster. Uh, the other podcasts you can hear me on are um, Tales of the Voidfarer, which is a Spelljammer-inspired actual play D&D 5th edition podcast that you can also get wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I play a Githyanki pirate named Ravnus, and uh, you can also hear me on Big Streaming Pile. It's a podcast about bad movies on streaming services. We are on, like, quite the hiatus right now, but I pinky promise we are coming back soon. Um, and I'm really <laughs> excited for the next season that we're going to be put, putting up. So that will be really, really fun. Um, if for my writing things, you can follow me on social media at Fiona L.F. Kelly or uh, FionaLFKelly.wordpress.com to see different projects I'm working on or just projectderail.com. I have a lot of my writing up on there too. Um, and I have, <laughs> I was just a writer on another superhero game, not masks, um, an entirely different one. It's called uh, Trinity Continuum Aberrant, uh, the second edition I was a writer on with like um, Steve Kenson and a bunch of other very cool, talented people. And it's out now and available. You guys have probably heard me talking about it, but it's finally available for purchase so everyone should go out and get and get it if they like a uh, cool Onyx Path publishing games. So yeah, that's what I do. Fiona going first is always like I'm exhausted by the time Fiona's done. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I feel like such I really a dick don't know every why time. we let her go first every time. <laughs> um, also on the season was Annie Bell Kimmel. 
Um, so, like we've mentioned before, I am part of the first season of Fables um, Curse. I played Aunt Penny. Um, I'm not too uh, involved beyond that. I really hope you guys will keep me in mind if you do like future stuff. My schedule is just limited because I do have a lot of fun playing with you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but besides this, um, I read a lot of books like all the time. Um, so me and my best friend outside of this, we have our Instagram page where we just talk mostly about YA literature. Um, it's kind of our passion. We talk about it all the time together. So we figured out why not talk about it out there in the world. Um, we are still working on putting together a podcast with it, but I have good news. We have recorded like six episodes hey, now. What? Yay! Yeah, we have six episodes kind of in the bank and recorded. We've got dates where we're recording more. Um, I've got Garrett hopefully working on editing them, and like it's my hope, not that I've discussed this with her, so you heard it here first. Um, it's my hope that we can maybe start kind of airing them in October because it'll be our anniversary in October of when we started our Instagram. Oh, nice. Aww. So you can, I love that. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at two bookish babes. It's two as in the numeral two bookish babes, all one word. Um, we currently post twice a week uh, unless we forget, which we do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, life happens, but and we try to be pretty responsive. Uh, you may not always know which of us you're talking to, Guilty. but. <laughs> You can pretty much guarantee that the uh, opinion is usually both of our opinions. So, <laughs> and it's mostly us just gushing about a book all the time. Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last but not least, there's also Caitlin Camp. Yep, that's me. And um, you can find me on um, the previous season of Fables Around the Table in Lost, playing Posey Drew Fisher the little kid detective and um i think i don't really have any projects going on but you can find me on our discord talking about my pet isopods and animal facts and uh clothes so i don't know talk to me you can also find me on instagram at at sunshine underscore kate and that is k-a-i-t the proper way of spelling (laughs) Caitlin, I really need to be more active on Discord, but... Caitlin is a person who's, like, she's one of those people who is excellent at talking about anything. It's true. So definitely talk to her on Discord or, <laughs> yeah. or Instagram or wherever. <laughs> I do like to it's talk. That's why she's so easy to get along with. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of opinions now that I talk about them. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, I'm Chelsea Rexinger. Um, I've been on Fables a lot. I've DM'd other seasons of Fables. And as part of Project Derailed, I do a lot of art creation. Um, I've done a lot of the covers for, for Fables, and we'll do random graphics for Voidfarer and other stuff, too. Um, when I'm not doing stuff for Project Derailed, I'm also a candle maker. Uh, if you like tabletop games and you like candles, boy, do I have the solution for you. Uh, Plot Kindling Candles makes character-inspired candles with a little dice inside. Uh, so that you can always have something to remind you of how awesome your own personal characters are. 
we also have a standard D&D line. Uh, one of my favorites right now is our dwarf, uh, Moonin. Uh, he has the scent of like coffee and chocolate and bourbon, and he's still like super delicious and comfy uh, when you're having a bad day. Uh, if you want to find out more about candles, go to etsy.com slash shop slash plot kindling candles, or find us on Twitter at candles plot or Instagram at plot kindling candles. I want to give a special thanks to Anna Kolar, who provided the voice for Tiffany. Uh, sitting down and recording that was excellent. I could not ask for a better um, performance from from you, Anna. And I also want to thank Tom Goldthwaite for recording uh, special music for this. I had kind of like crazy ideas for background music, and Tom was able to to take that and run with it, and it really helped uh, give a real uh, sonic feeling to to the podcast. Um. Um, and I hope that we'll see you next time on Fables Around the Table. Bye! 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 With great power comes great responsibility. In a city forever in the throes of the battle of good versus evil, a new team of heroes is arising. Follow the action-packed adventures of superheroic teens Limelight, Juno, Jackrabbit, Blazar, and Strawvix as they uncover corruption, fight the bad guys, and defend their high score at the arcade. A new generation is rising in Halcyon City. The team is standing on the shoulders of giants, and they have a long way to fall. Fables Around the Table Super premieres July 28th wherever you get your podcasts. ProjectDerailed.com